This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode 16, Parallela Great. That's my little beginning for that because it's about parallel worlds. John, we fell out of a vortex through the void into nothingness. We're in some sort of no place, a silent realm, a lost dimension, otherwise known as the opening to our podcast. And I was wondering, in we're going to be watching some episodes about other dimensions. And in the other dimension version of No Not The Mind Probe, I envision a lot would be the same. Maybe we'd have better microphones. You'd have a mustache. I think I'd be replaced by a talking cactus. What are your thoughts on that? We already have beards. Um, so I guess we'd have to get rid of the beards. You'd have a mustache on top of the mustache. No, you'd have yeah. a fake mustache pasted on top of the actual mustache. Mm, that's, yeah, that's confusing. And of course, um, uh, thank you for broadcasting from your Zeppelin tonight to just... Uh, really... <laughs> yes, that's how you'd know. <laughs> right, well... If you're on a Zeppelin podcasting, there's just a constant whirring of the, <laughs> the propellers. It's very difficult. Welcome to Nah, not the mind probe. A podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 35 years. That one was like, it's like, do you want another slice of pizza? Nah. Nah, not no, that my probe. No. I'm kind of dismissive. Yeah, you know, it's like, eh, my probe, who has time for it? My name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years, and I finally said yes. Each episode, we'll look at two stories. We go through the new Doctor Who in order. And our Doctor Who curator, John, finds a pairing with a classic story. John, what do we have in store for us this episode? Uh, this episode, we head into parallel universes. Uh, we go to Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel, the first appearance in the new series of the Cybermen. Uh, and then we rocket back to the third Doctor's era. Uh, and a personal favorite of mine, the great Inferno. Well, that, that sets me up as like, I better like it or else we just have yeah, fundamentally yeah. different personalities and just don't match up as friends. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown here. <laughs> All right, let's recap a bunch of Doctor Who episodes, probably the ones we talked about. But if any others slip in there, let's just recap those too. It's hard to keep control. Uh, we're going to first talk about the new episodes. This is season two, episodes five and six of the new series. They're called, I like to call them... <laughs> Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. These were released the 13th and 20th of May, 2006. Uh, so it's it's uh, one of the rare so far uh, multi-episode multi story arcs. And here is a clip. What is it? My phone connected. There's this cyber network. It finds your phone. It gave me internet access. Rose, whatever it says, this is the wrong world. I don't exist. What do you mean? There's no Rose Tyler. I was never born. There's Pete, my dad, and Jackie, still married mum. They never had kids. Give me that phone. They're rich. They got a house and cars and everything they want. They haven't got me. I've got to see him. You can't. I just want to see him. I can't let you. You just said 24 hours. You can't become their daughter. That's not the way it works. Mickey, tell her. 24 hours, yeah? Where are you going? Well, I can do what I want. I've got the address and everything. Stay where you are. Both of you. Rose, come back here. Mickey, come back here right now. I just want to see him. Yeah, I've got things to see and all. 
Like what? Well, you don't know anything about me, do you? It's always about Rose. I'm just a spare part. I'm sorry, I I've got to go. Go on, then. No choice, is there? You can only chase after one of us. It's never going to be me, is it? All right. So uh, here's what went down in these couple couple episodes. Hmm. The Doctor, Rose, and our old friend Mickey land in London. Or is it? It is. But it's London in some parallel dimension. The Doctor mm -hmm. is flummoxed as to why, but says they're, they're stuck here for 24 hours or so. Mm -hmm. um, for reasons. <laughs> Let me wave my hands at you. Just <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, no time to go into it. In this London, up is down, left is right, and Rose's dad is very successful. And so she and heads Zeppelin, off. Zeppelin's. Uh, yes, and Zeppelin's. Well, I actually mentioned later in the recap, I forgot to mention that. That was the big reveal at the beginning. <laughs> um, because once you see Zeppelin's, you know, you you're, know. you're somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Not just that, maybe uh, a urban Zeppelin festival, which yeah. don't Could occur, be. but really should. Uh, that'd be a yeah. lot of fun. Right, right. Uh, in this, uh, she heads off to see her dad and finds that he's second in command to some billionaire's commercial empire. And he's still together with her mom. Mickey goes to visit his grandma, who we find out raised him, which was kind of a whole. We didn't know that. It almost seemed like uh, Jackie had raised him. Mm. But uh, she, this grandma raised him. She's blind. And just as he's going inside to see, they, she, he does meet her. But just as he's going inside to see her, a van pulls up and grabs him. They mistake him for Ricky, the leader mm. of their rebel gang. And indeed, Ricky is Mickey, though ricky is like mickey imbued with like confidence and self-importance um so ricky's gang refuses to wear the ear pods that literally everyone else in the city is wearing now and we see that the mega corporation uh that referenced earlier uses broadcasts to these ear pods to control everyone to occasionally make them stop and probably do funny hypnotist tricks that we talked about in an earlier episode. Uh, please, please listen to those episodes. Go back to the flip orally. Episode. <laughs> That's the one uh, we, people come for. We had a good long <laughs> segment on flip orally, actually. <laughs> orally is that what it is? Flip orally. Yeah, I hope he listens to the, I hope he's a pervert. He's, I assume he is. I assume he is. The only thing is likely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the safe <laughs> assumption is like a prober until proven innocent yeah. yeah if i if i meet other people i insist they're probers until they can prove to me they've never listened to it yeah and yeah often, yeah it's hard to yeah do. show it's me the data <laughs> i'd love to see the data but I'd like to see it yeah <laughs> well anyway we also see that the evil company is snatching up scores of homeless people which you know i mean it bothers some people i guess they're all up in arms about this why are they doing that we'll come mm. to that later Rose and the doctor pose as waiters and spy on uh, Rose's mom's birthday party, which is full of the elite and the rich. Uh, she finds out that her parents still, they seem to be happy at first, but they still aren't happy in this dimension either. And they never had a baby. They actually just had a little dog that they named uh, Rose. Suddenly, the Cybermen arrive. They are bad party guests. They order people around, they knock over tables, and they kill the president. And I'm sorry, but if yeah. you do the three, that's like three strikes for me, and then I'm going to ask you, first of all, I'm going to ask you to leave. Second of all, you're probably not getting invited next year. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to sit on that and think about it a little, but I probably not. But I like that the hard line is assassinating the president. I was like, okay. That to me you is have assassinated far. the leader of the country. <laughs> it's time to go. We <laughs> all talk. bag and get out. <laughs> <laughs> the Cybermen here are former homeless people turned into Cybermen by Rose's dad's company. 
and they're here to turn everyone into Cybermen. It just oh, no. sounds like sounds like it was a past career choice. Yeah, they're former cyber, they're former homeless people. <laughs> well, for but ten years I was a homeless person. <laughs> um, I'm trying to move out of that phase of my career. I'm going in a different way. Oh gosh! Oh, the um, homeless. We have fun at their expense, but apologies to the plight of the many homeless in the world. I who again, huge probers. Huge uh, probers. Huge we hope probers. that uh, as you listen to this around a burning barrel. Uh, yes. Assume so this, how most people consume this. Yeah. I have uh, recently purchased uh, a bit of a side here, <laughs> but I've recently purchased a fire pit that looks <laughs> that is a that is a, a a new. It's a very fancy. It's like oh, buy this new fire pit that's really good, and it's shaped in this certain way, and it helps airflow and everything. And I've realized that I've essentially bought a metal barrel that the homeless would use <laughs> but i've i've been sold on it as a space age super fire pit anyway this is probe happy yeah. that's just an example of the homeless <laughs> getting one on over this guy so they win in the end yeah. in this little anecdote anyway once again they come out on top <laughs> except uh, for they're not having homes you don't want to punch <laughs> punch down at the homeless is my yeah, point yeah. and uh, you don't want to punch the homeless at all yeah you shouldn't Oh no, the Cybermen are here. <laughs> um, Sorry, that little PSA about don't punch down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, so, all right. So, all right. This podcast what what happens is, John <laughs> Rose, and by the way, I recap these because John cannot remember. He just watched this I'm and he long, cannot man. remember. What I've happened. only seen them six times and they don't really sink in until the 10th. Right, right, right. Uh, Rose, the doctor, and her dad escape, and they're picked up by Mickey, Ricky, and the rebel gang of misfits. Uh, we find out that Rose's dad, Pete, has actually been giving info to Ricky's gang, so he's a good guy. Mm, okay. okay. All of London and the world, I was unclear on this, has mm. now been activated by their ear pods, and they're all walking like zombies headed toward the factory to all get cybermanned. Mm-hmm. Um, the group plans to infiltrate the factory, rescue Rose's mom, and destroy the transmitter that's sending out the mind control signals from mm-hmm. a blimp. And that's where I mentioned, by the way, blimps are everywhere in this reality. It's just lousy with blimps in this <laughs> reality. Um, Ricky gets killed. Oh. Oh. But Mickey vows to finish his quest with Ricky's right. former no- number two. Yeah. Uh, the doctor goes underground with Mrs. Moore, who's like the Q of the group. Uh, ultimately, Rose and her dad find Rose's mom has already been roboted. The doctor finds that Pete's boss has become the head Cyberman. Mickey disables the transmitter, hacks the computer, texts the doctor the code that fixes everything. And it, what it does is it removes the software that blocks the Cyberman's emotions and they all get mm-hmm. sad and die, which is that's how <laughs> that's how we all ultimately will will it's will die. Sad. We just get too yeah. sad. Okay, okay. The the world is saved. (laughs) The world is saved, and Rose tells her dad she's from another dimension, and he just cannot even with that, and he just walks away. Mm. Mickey, Mickey decides to stay, and so Mm -hmm. this seems like it's definitely goodbye to Mickey, and I'm Mm. sad, John. So that's Mm. the end of the episode, but um, that was was tough. It was a great episode for him. But yeah, uh, I know you. I know tough. you love Mickey. I know this is a, this is a sad goodbye. You've you've always been a Mickey fan. Uh, but he went uh, out strong. This yeah. was a uh, not only just a great episode for his acting because he, he got to do the play multiple characters, but um, his character I felt it ended on a really yeah really heroic arc. I mean, I'm I'm exaggerating for the recap, but he really did basically save everything. Like he did mm-hmm. everything. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, he gets to be the hero. He gets definitely goes in character arc. Um, this is Noel Clark, uh, who's the actor. Does a very good job here. Um, he uh, he was uh, his biggest sort of 
well, biggest film role that I've seen him in, and obviously I have an extensive knowledge of film, uh, is uh, he was the, um, in in the Star Trek Into Darkness, he was the guy who sabotages the thing at the beginning um, uh, that, that Benedict Cumberbatch, I think he was actually playing a character. Really? It wasn't the actual Benedict Cumberbatch, but convinces to blow up the thing. That's, uh, that's um, Noel Clark. Okay. Um yeah, a um, <clears throat> uh, couple other returning faces here, or, or well-known faces. Um, so this episode, or these two episodes, are the first of the new series directed by Graham Harper, who directed The Caves of Androzani. Uh, so the first classic series director to also direct the new series. Um, and, uh, you know, very good. <clears throat> the Androzani was very well-directed. He's a very good director and, and you know, very well-known in television uh, and good at sort of these action Epic things. Um, the Cyberman's creator in this story is played by a guy named Roger Lloyd Pack, who is also well known in British television. He's, um, if you've ever seen Vicar of Dibley, he plays the, the hmm. farmer Owen Newitt. Uh, and then he's most famous for uh, a character on a show called Only Fools and Horses. I think the character's name is Trigger. I've never seen the show. Um, but it's, or I've seen a couple bits of it, but it's supposed to be one of the great comedies, uh, sitcoms of British television. Um, Not so, interested. Yeah. Pass. Nah, pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Mickey's buddy, Andrew Hayden Smith, is um, I think he's like a presenter on children's television huh. um, uh, or something like that. Uh, so kind of known for that. Also gay. So, yeah, just heads sure. up. Sure. Uh, <laughs> OK. OK. I'll watch out. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, they're trying to, you know, interesting. They're trying to tell a Cyberman origin story here. Um, which is interesting because uh, this is not their actual Earth story in the in the Earth universe or our normal universe or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, they you know they were um, in in our universe. They were from a twin planet uh, to Earth called Mondas, uh, and uh, and they sort of and they also and I I think it's interesting they they sort of try to give them sort of a single creator and like you know Doctor Frankenstein kind of thing. Um, but the sort of original concept of the Cybermen was they weren't supposed to be like that, right? That they were supposed to be, it was just kind of a societal thing that everybody kept sort of augmenting themselves and replacing themselves with, with better parts and things like that. And then it just sort of happened um, that sort of the Cybermen emerged, um, that eventually they just replaced everything away and then they were basically robots. Um, and uh, and it was less that, you know, there's sort of a bad guy manipulating people into it. So it kind of changes their origins here. Um, but isn't what happens here, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he tapping, isn't he tapping into the existing Cyberman uh, consciousness in some way and he's, it sort of takes him over or no? Well, he kind of becomes the cyber controller, um, which is, is a thing, the concept of like there's sort of a central brain repository and yeah, that he, he sort of is the controller of that. But it's still, he's driven by him, like a single creator, right? He's kind and of so the creator. creation of them wasn't driven by like, the way it's presented here, were they? But no. But when when the doctor he sees them, he life. says he says they're the Cybermen. Like he knows them. He recognizes yeah. the, the Cybermen he's seen before. So I think there's kind of a throwaway line of um, you know they emerge in every universe, right? So basically, that this idea oh. of humans trying to improve themselves to the point where they sort of get rid of emotions and become robots, basically, um, happens everywhere. Um, but again, the old this, familiar story. Time. Yeah, yeah. We've all we're all almost robots, right? Yeah. I mean. I have I, I have a I got a, a replacement tooth, so it's pretty much the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's it. <laughs> I, um, I think you should sleep 
every night with like gritted teeth and one eye open, just like staring down <laughs> yeah. at that tooth. Like, what are you yeah. trying? What are you yeah. trying to pull? <laughs> you know, it's kind of, um, this, this is the first appearance, of course, of the Cybermen. Um, in the uh, in the new series, you have seen them in the classic series uh, already. Um, seen it. And they, they're seen it. <laughs> that was you said when they came out. Seen yeah. it. Uh, seen uh, it. John um, sent me the same episode. I'm watching the same episode <laughs> again. And I just turned they're, it off. They're, uh, they, the Simon are interesting. They're the second sort of big monster besides the Daleks. They come back the most. Um, every Doctor except the third, I think, has met the Cybermen. Uh, it just never happened uh, during the third Doctor's time. By random chance, basically, um, they'd been sort of overused in a second. I think um, they. Um, uh, I'm not sure they're ever quite used right. So, so, what they're trying to do here with the story and the the whole emotional inhibitor and that they can't stand the, to behold themselves or whatever, they're, they're trying to. So, the, the the horror around the Cybermen is sort of this body horror concept, right? Of this depersonalization and taking away whatever makes you human. Um, and they've struggled, I think, over the years to try to bring that. Like, there's a lot of times where they just end up as kind of robots. Um, uh, and uh, everybody's like, oh, the robots. It's like, no, no, there's, there's a backstory to the robots. And it's like, right. yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, um, uh, and so they've never they, they've this, struggled to do it right. Is this talk of the emotional inhibitor something new or something hinted at previously? It's definitely new. I, well, so, I mean, the idea that their brains are replaced by computers is old. The idea that, you know, that they can't stand the concept of themselves, I'm pretty sure, is is new. Uh, or that if you turn this thing off, they'd all go crazy because they're like, ah, oh, no, I'm a robot. Um, uh, the the drive to, um, I, I think one of the interest, more interesting aspects of their story is the drive to create new ones, right? So their their whole thing is not... You know, let's kill everybody. Their whole thing is let's turn everybody into us, right? The, even Tomb of the Cybermen, you will be like us. Uh, was sort of the kind of like you line. have to be upgraded, right? That's yeah, what they're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a, 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 that spurt of their, they're zombies in a way, right? Like we'll just keep coming and create um, and create you. But it, it maybe may that's a good way to highlight sort of why they struggle to work for me sometimes is it's like, I think zombies are horrifying, right? Like I, I, I cannot watch zombie movies. They terrify me because this is so nihilistic and unrelenting. And like, even at the end of a zombie movie, if they kind of win, right. it's like, Oh, they're not going to win for never long. Win. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and so I, that concept is absolutely terrifying me. Like if I have, if we're going to have nightmares about horror movies, that'll usually be it. Um, uh, and I think the Cybermen are supposed to be like that, right? I mean, just not quite in the same way, but you know, if they catch you, they're going to turn you into them and you become them. And then you become this mindless, you know, sort of robot-y thing. Um, but they just don't quite work. <laughs> they just don't terrify me in the same way as zombies do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if they ever quite worked, but um uh, well, there you go. So I thought there were condemning. I, I, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Doctor Who. Sorry, hard I, pass. I, I liked the. <laughs> I liked. I liked this uh, sh showing of the interpretation of them. Showing of them, I thought um, they they looked modern. They still very much were evocative of the old Cybermen, but I thought they they were scary, and um, I thought they, yeah, they looked they looked intimidating and, and also looked like, I don't know. I, I think the new who with the villains, it's tough because they either go too far into the CG and it looks dumb and, and overly like some crazy, crazy monster. Or it's if, if it 
they don't dress up things enough, then it just doesn't the the old who villain just looks weird in the modern setting because everything else yeah. looks a bit newer. So I, I thought this looked pretty good. I thought this episode in general had some really good stuff. Um, it's very epic. It's I thought it episode. was. Yeah. And I thought it <laughs> was story. one that, um, you know, I've seen at least in a couple times where we've had episodes of the new who that. And, and it makes sense also because the new series is written largely by by fans of the old Doctor Who. They'll sometimes write stories that it's like, wow, this really probably could have used a couple episodes. This feels good in the couple episodes that it's in. It's like, this is good. Like, this is a this is about the story didn't feel rushed, but it also didn't feel like there were long parts that were dragging. Um, I thought it was good. I thought Mickey gave a great performance. Some really um, a tough moment where we find out one of the Cybermen was a bride the day before her wedding. Oh, yeah. that was <laughs> yeah, and she, and she got turned on that day. So that was that was really really tough and, and emotional. Yeah, I think that's what they want to go for more, of, right? And that's I think that's Russell T Davies' influence. It's like I want to, you know, there, here's that's the horror, right? That they were yeah. people and they got turned into, you know, and they lost everything that made them people. Um, and that that's supposed to be uh, both the story. I um, uh, I'm really surprised by the return of Pete. Uh, I, don't know, I mean, we pretty much killed him in the last one. So nice I, well, it was an alternate universe, so. I mean, I know, I, I guess so, but I wasn't, once they said it was an alternate universe, that made sense to me. I was glad that there was, and this is kind of what I mean about having the two episodes, they explored her and her mom and dad a little bit, but it didn't take over the episode. And I felt like that was good because I thought Father's Day was a great episode and really explored that. Um, we don't need to, you know, have a whole nother two-part series about it. So I thought that it was good that he was a character. We dealt with her emotions with it but but then really mickey still got to be the main through line through a lot of it so so that was good um i thought they did a good job of exploring the idea of parallel universes which they tried to in both the ones we watched they try to explore where it's like many things are the same i mean the idea of parallel universes is that there might be an infinite amount of parallel universes right, right? every decision it creates a new universe yeah. right so you know you could say, hey, it's a parallel universe and literally all of humanity is dead and there's nothing on the earth. Like that's also a parallel universe. Yeah. But of course they end up in both cases. There's Zeppelin blink. floating over there. <laughs> Still the a Zeppelin. <laughs> that's always. And in fact, if you ever, if you're ever driving by like a hot air balloon festival, it gives you pause because you're like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what happened? Crap. What happened? Am I in a parallel universe? Do I have a goatee? Oh, I've got a goatee. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And an eye patch. Yeah. I thought they made some like, you know, obviously they made the overarching choice of having um, and the bit of the social commentary or not even satire, but social commentary about like the devices taking over everyone's lives or whatever, which is actually um, released in. 2006 so devices hadn't yet taken right. over our lives um yeah but i mean it, it, it remind, I'm, I'm wearing ear pods you know uh, in the morning yeah. <laughs> like oh crap <laughs> could happen but even the whole ear pod thing itself that's actually a big part of fahrenheit 451 they wear ear pods throughout so this um <laughs> the future that we are putting ourselves through has been warned <laughs> to us yeah. Yeah. Uh, repeatedly in lots of fiction <laughs> um I also thought that requires uh, reading. Nobody's gonna read. Ugh. I think we can talk about Mickey Moore in the themes, but um, mm -hmm. Mrs. Moore is uh, a badass. I really liked mm -hmm. her character, mm -hmm. and this is a, a theme for me <laughs> now. Ooh. Ooh. Is like I feel like I've started watching the shows, and I don't know why I'm thinking this because it doesn't happen that often. But I'm always watching people like, ooh, maybe they'll become the companion now, and I'm like, I'm keep watching <laughs> characters thinking like. 
oh, that would they'd be a good companion. And I kind of like the idea of what if you went with Mrs. Moore as the companion? That would be like a really cool, like an older lady that'd be really <laughs> different, you know? So um, they they did uh, in um, uh, the audio adventures. They pair the sixth Doctor, your favorite, uh, with <laughs> um, uh, a companion uh, named Evelyn Smythe, who's an older history college professor, oh, an older great. woman, uh, and um, and they're very good. Uh, you know, they they it's it's pretty cool. Um, uh, you know, she's more mature and has a different relationship with him than sort of the young things that are. You know, oh Doctor, what's this? And still, you know, gets to do. Um, you know, gets to do the the companion role, but in a different way. So yeah, it is. They, it's a surprise they never did more older companions um, uh, in the in the original series because they really. Do, I mean, Barbara and Ian are probably the right. oldest. Uh, they're like what? And they ever did it again. 40s, I mean, they're maybe? probably in their like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're probably our age. And I'm probably like, oh, those ancient yeah. people. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so but it's interesting. I I'm I maybe it's just because Rose has been here for one and a half seasons. I don't know how long her run is, and so I'm just like. She could really go at any point. Like, there's no real need for her to be. And so I'm kind of watching this. And then I found myself in the older episodes, too. I don't know about so much in Inferno, uh, really. But um, in some other ones, I've I've felt like, oh, maybe they're going to be a companion. Anyway, I thought Mrs. Moore, I'm going to nominate her. She is the first on my new list, mm. which is non-companion companion who would have been good mm -hmm. companions. Right. Is, uh, Mrs. Moore goes mm -hmm. on that list uh, now for me. But I thought this and, was a really fun uh, episode. As often happens with the people, you're like, oh, they'd be a good companion. She is killed immediately. So, uh, like, yeah, uh, like yes. Linda with a Y or whatever in the, in the yeah the Eccleston one or whatever. Well, yeah, as soon as she shows an interest in you, she's done. Yeah. <laughs> here's what she has going against her: a, she's in a completely alternate dimension from reality, yeah, yeah, and yeah, b, she was yeah. killed in that dimension. So it's really yeah. not looking good. Yeah. Not looking it's... good. All right, let's recap this classic episode. Uh, this is uh, this is a big one, John, for mm -hmm. me because this yeah. is my first seven episode seven story yeah uh, like so this season. is a big one yeah so season seven serial four of the original series which uh when i when i went to find that i realized it's still you know early, earlier on than i thought this is uh on the earlier half of i mean they got up to 24 25 seasons right before it stopped yeah, yeah. So this is earlier on so seven episodes as we mentioned each episode about a half hour right so yeah. yep it's a long three, three and a half hours of show here and it was released the 9th of May through the 20th of June, 1970. And I believe you prepared a clip, and we mm -hmm. will play that right here. Why is this place crawling with you oafs in uniform? You are talking of the Republican security forces. And the reason we are here is that this is a scientific labor camp. Staffed by slave labor, I take it. Well, you're all in very grave danger. We are in danger. Before that computer broke down, it was transmitting danger signals, was it not? You're very well informed. And what about Harry Slocum? What do you know about him? Only that he went berserk and started killing people. You condemn yourself. No one but a spy could know so much. Look, I am not a spy. I've seen it all before. Where? In another world. Very well. I can wait. You're just wasting time. We work to an orderly system. Your identity is being checked with central records. When we know who you are, the real interrogation will begin. But I don't exist in your world. And you won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. All right. That's one of my, the one of my favorite lines. The my favorite lines. We won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. I love that. Oh, that yes. Is, yes. That's a great line. That. Yeah. 
And I just heard it, so I shouldn't yeah. be surprised that you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, here's what went down in the story. Now, I'm going to summarize seven episodes here. Yeah. So Yeah, I feel like it's going to be really detailed for episode one through two, and then it's really going to pick up steam. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to hit the, the notes here. Mm. Um, but, uh, okay, so the third doctor is here, and he's working for our old pals unit, and he's called to help out a local science project <laughs> that's attempting to drill to the center of the Earth. Yeah, so it's a bit more advanced than than most uh, science well, projects. It is. It's like it's let's drill the center Earth and see what happens. Like you don't really no. know what the science is here. <laughs> just kind of like, his, what if we just blew up the moon? Like it's not really. It's this guy's <laughs> life. He's he's such a mad scientist. Like it's his <laughs> lifelong dream to do this. And you're right. When they answer why, it's like because of who knows what might happen. Um, <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah. So the doctor, he thinks they shouldn't be doing it, but they're all whatever. Yep. And the Classic boss disaster. of the experiment, uh, let's just, we'll call him the professor. I don't remember his last name. But they, Stallman. They, professor Stallman, Stallman. But they generally yeah. call him professor. They call him Stallman sometimes, I guess. But yeah. he's a jerk. And he yeah. wants to drill despite all warnings. And he's being delivered tons of warnings from the kind of operations manager, uh, Sir Keith. I don't remember mm -hmm. his last name, but they Old. always call him Sir Keith. So I guess he's some lower level royal or what, why is he sir keith maybe yeah, he can be a knight Could, did you all right digression everyone here's yeah, how the british yeah. system of nobility works no, okay, okay. Um, yeah. anyone can be I'm a knight in. uh so he's probably a civil servant he's probably some civil servant who's been around for a while and, and you usually get in the new year's honors list uh certain civil servants get recognized with a knighthood so yeah. oh really so yeah. there's like thousands of knights Yes, yes. And there's oh, just wow. levels of night. Um, uh, OBE, um, uh, GCMG, KCMG, all that kind of stuff. But if you're orders. a knight, at some point, can they be like, all right, we're rallying the troops. Get on the horse and get over here. Man, I or, guess you don't know what the queen's going to do. She's she's 148 years old. She could do anything at this point. That's right. She's, she right. Is, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Isn't it true that she started the American Civil War? Isn't that yeah, true? Right, yeah. On a As whim. a baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, yeah, let them fight. Great people against blue people. And, well, look, yeah. Sir Keith anyway. is here. Digression over. All right, we're yeah. back. Everyone, <laughs> back, back everyone, <laughs> everyone who, uh, who had thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who goes ahead thirty seconds to go through digressions? We're back. Yep. Uh, Sir Keith, he is trying to run things safely here. He's he's mm -hmm. he's extremely reasonable. He's like aggressively reasonable, and uh, he hires Sutton, who's an oil man, who's a bit of a. a Rough around the edges, oil man, and Jack he wants the lad. Yeah, yeah, he's saying, "Let's get this guy in because okay, we're just drilling to the center, of the, center of the earth for no reason. We should at least <laughs> probably have someone here who has ever drilled anything before, who apparently they hadn't before then." <laughs> and um, you know what I'm surprised is when they bring Sutton on, the oil guy. He's, I mean, I guess he's getting paid, but he's kind of like, all right, I'm game. Like, basically say, like, <laughs> hey, we want you to join this project. It's a science project, has nothing to do with oil. And, but we're drilling and we just at least think at least one person should be here. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm totally in. I'm, I'm totally in. I will risk my life for this project. I was like, wow. Yes. All right. We're in. Yeah. Uh, but, but so another question here Did you recognize Sutton? Cause I'm very excited about this. That, no. You, it's Derek Newer. It's Za. It's Za. Porter, what? It's Zah. <laughs> that was Zah. Zah? That's so exciting. Porter, okay, big guys, Zah fan, everybody. <laughs> reference. No, not the Mind Probe. Episode one, one, an unearthly yeah. child. Uh, Zah is uh, not short. He's not doesn't end up inventing pizza. Yeah. He is 
uh, a person who he's the challenger, right? He's trying to challenge. No, no, Cal is the challenger. Zaz the Zaz the one in charge. Okay, uh, and Cal's the one from outside the tribe. Yeah, so he's yeah, just so a big, cave turn of Zah. Yeah. They they tried actually to write Zai in, and they're like, it's just not working. We got to make another character. We really, I feel like we're shoehorning him. Here. That is so exciting. They <laughs> do this stuff on purpose, just like how they got uh, Barbara. Barbara, oh, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Oh, so the return gosh. of Zai. Well, I liked him. He was he was good. Um, right. uh, anyway, they're trying to make them drill more safely. Oh, by the way, some ooze is coming out of the hole, and everyone <laughs> who touches it turns into a wolf man. Have yep. I mentioned that? Well, anyway, that's happening. That's like in the background. That's happening, um, and 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 the, the, one of the best things about the mad scientist who doesn't want to shut anything down. They pretty clearly one guy goes mad, begins murdering people. I think at one point three or four people have been murdered by a person who's been turned into a wolf man by this dig. And they're like, well, clearly let's at least like pause a second and think about this. He's like, what are you talking about? Of that's course, an administrative problem. <laughs> that's an administrative <laughs> problem. It's great. And I have to say that that guy is so irrationally um, <laughs> single-minded and focused on this. It would almost seem unbelievable. I think he does a really good job. Like you, you kind of buy this, this the professor. But, but, you know, again, when you start seeing green slime, it should just be if if, if any look folk, probers, public service announcement. If at any time yeah. in your life you happen to run into green slime, tell someone. Like don't just you know do something about it. Throw it out of your fridge move out of your house whatever it is wherever you see yeah. it <laughs> Boom, you know, dun, dun, deal with dun, it <laughs> dun, dun. the more you know about yeah. 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 well look at this point the doctor he's sort of over it and he's driving his little car around and he's wearing his magician's <laughs> costume and he's just trying to repair his tardis with liz and get the hell out of here but then oh no he sends his tardis to the same place on earth but another dimension and in that dimension some stuff is going on so mm-hmm. It's similar. All the same people are in the same place, but the whole country is now a totalitarian regime. Mm-hmm. And and also, maybe even more importantly, that's almost just kind of an interesting color to this <laughs> world, to be honest. But more importantly, they're a few hours closer to actually drilling to the core because totalitarianism is more efficient and a yeah. better system of government. I, th- I think that's what we're seeing sense. here. Yeah. They're getting it done. That's the subtle message of this whole episode. But So that means they're... They're way closer and pretty, pretty soon a lot more wolfmen are running around in that dimension. <laughs> the doctor tries to stop the drilling. He can't. Uh, and what happens when they hit the core? Finally, after five episodes of buildup, we have Inferno. Yay! Trademark Doctor or, Who or LLC. Boo, like 1970. All rights reserved. Um, Pen- penetration zero, which sounds dirty. It sounds, sounds dirty. weird to say it. I'm sorry, folks, folks. So basically, I mean, uh, essentially the world blows up with lava, like the mantle and the core of the earth comes up to the top and we begin having kind of, yeah, the, the, the earth goes inside out to some extent. That's what's sort of happening. I mean, I want you as the geologist reporting this. In the guys. So essentially the earth is blown up with lava, you know, <laughs> I don't know, guys, guys, it's really bad. So, so I think this is interesting. So that happens mm. and in in like a disaster like so uh, thinking of a similar d- disaster movie like the day after tomorrow yep. where the world is essentially you know going to hell in in, in certain ways in a huge way like huge mass disasters mm-hmm. um uh in those kind of movies they're trying to like you know run away and there's certain characters they are trying to save and this 
they all kind of come to terms with their fate pretty quickly. They're like, we're done. Like, this is done here. We're all going to die. And the doctor's saying, like, look, can you can you help me get back to this other dimension? Because maybe I can at least warn them. And they like are into it. They 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 understand and at least have, I mean, they haven't sunk in, into some a depression about their own mortality or whatever. They're like, you know what? At least can we do this with our last act to try? To- I mean, you got to kill some time, right? I mean, you're like, well, uh, we're not busy. <laughs> <laughs> the lava's not here yet. Ugh, it's lava. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. talking about it. It's moving so slow. The, the brigade leader's motivation is he thinks he's going to get away, right? He's like, well, he could take us yeah. with him. Uh, right. The other people are much more altruistic about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Greg Sutton thinks he's going to score with Petra before the end if he kind of sticks around, and and who knows what Liz is doing, but yeah. Uh, Sutton, by the way, in that world, didn't really mention Petra, the assistant, but Sutton mm-hmm. and Petra, who have a just a little flirting in the main yeah. world, have like a full-on romance in this yeah. one. Um, anyway, the doctor convinces his parallel pals uh, mm-hmm. to help get him back to the other dimension so that he can at least warn them. And they do. And he mm-hmm. returns mm-hmm. to the correct dimension, if I may say. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of whispering. He's out of it because he's, you know, interdimensional travel. It's like jet lag. You need a little while. You just kind of yep. need a little yeah, time to settle in. Yeah. Get back. But he whispers what they need to do to stop the catastrophe. And uh, they... They're still kind of working against the professor here and and not just the professor, but I would say the general momentum of the project, like, you know, people, they're so close to this thing. They've all been working on it to some extent, like it's not like they're all evil or whatever, but it's like they're just doing their job. Like I'm supposed to come in and make the drill go down. So it's not. And and the the doctor's plan apparently is to be dressed like a magician and kind of run in (laughs) raving like a loon and be like, no, you can't penetrate the earth's crust. Uh, It's not the greatest plan. There's there's actually a great, because of course this happens all the time, right? You know, the doctor knows what's right. And he's everything else wrong. There's a great story called snake dance in the fifth doctor's era. Similar kind of situation. They're about to do some, ritual that's going to bring back this horrible monster and they do it every year it's like this huge thing but and they don't realize it's going to bring back the monster only the doctor does and he goes to the, the leader of it and he's like he's like you can't allow you know you can't allow this ceremony to occur uh and the guy goes oh all right we'll cancel the whole thing he's like what <laughs> oh, we'll cancel the whole thing and then like, no, if you'll please leave uh and then it i think it's great because it sort of it shows you right you're watching the doctors so you know he's right but actually if you step back and think about it and empathize with the, rest of the characters like this guy's a lunatic like why he's getting yeah so anyway yeah the magician's outfit in particular here is not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the end of it, it is seven episodes. And by the end of it, you yeah. kind of like, yeah, okay, that's just what it is. Yeah. But at the beginning, yeah. it was a bit jarring. <laughs> You're like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Um, so things get worse. More people become wolfmen, including the professor. Mm. But the doctor shows how fire extinguishers work against them. Yeah. And ultimately, he is able to get them to reverse the drilling and prevent a second Inferno! Trademark hey. Doctor Who LLC mm. 1970. <laughs> Uh, afterwards he attempts to skip town and his responsibilities to unit but he just ends up in a pile of garbage um so uh a lot lot of stuff really great episode um john what what did i miss here um so uh yeah this is the final episode of season seven uh this is the last liz story uh so they never really write her out um that's crazy there the next season (laughs) Um, so this was the end of a season 
yeah, this is the end of the season. The next season, she's gone. They bring in a new companion. She doesn't really get a farewell. Um, some of the books and other fiction have tried to give her sort of a, a departure story. Uh, but yeah, she um, uh, she doesn't get a goodbye, which is a little disappointing because uh, she's great. She's a great actress uh, and, and does a really good job. And she's really good in this story. Um, this is uh, uh, and, and part of the reason I wanted to make sure we watched Spearhead from Space something else before is that you could get to know these characters before we go into this parallel universe. Because obviously seeing them in the, you know, part of it is understanding these relationships and seeing them in a parallel universe. I think particularly the brigadier slash brigade leader is is interesting. And Nicholas Courtney gives a really good performance. Uh, yeah. It was kind of an unhinged. I, um, uh, he's a pretty good actor in general. And, um, and, uh, this is, I will recount the most famous Doctor Who convention story. Cause of course they spent years going to these conventions and of course they hadn't made any new Doctor Who for a long time. So they're basically repeating the same stories over and over, but um, very famously in this one, uh, John Pertwee was a prankster. He liked to do pranks on set. Uh, and Nicholas Courtney was very professional. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, they said they used to laugh cause it was very hard to throw him. Uh, and so that very first scene uh, where they bring the doctor into his office and he's got his back to them and he turns around and he sees he's got the eye patch and the scar and stuff like that. And he's supposed to have this traumatic scene. So um, they're all set up and uh, John Pertwee had gotten every other person, all the other actors in the scene to wear, put on eye patches when Courtney <laughs> his back turned. And then he turns around and they're all there with eye patches. And then he just goes on with the scene. He completely unthrown, just does his lines. And then all the prankers start laughing because they, they broke. Uh, and so, yes, that was one of the one of the famous uh, uh, behind the scenes stories. That's a great um, turnaround. So it's a in the shot when they go to the new dimension, he literally turns around in a chair and you yeah. see him. And obviously yeah, it's so time. noticeable that he's a, a different person. It's with an eye patch. Um, it's that's great. Um, I do, and also on that note, uh, I, little real throwing you, real throwing you with this uh, is that uh, Stallman doesn't have a goat or has a goatee in our universe, right? Doesn't in the other. <laughs> so making you wonder, maybe we're the evil universe. Maybe oh. it's actually is. You know, I mean, goatees evil parallel world. I don't know. Yeah, goatees are evil. We can all agree on that. <laughs> um, uh, this is the, you know, as I say, this is the end of season seven. This is, um, uh, so season seven is a very different season. Uh, and you'll see this as we get into more third doctor from other seasons. It's just the tone of the season is very different. Uh, um, they're, uh, they're actually the spirit from space is the only four part one. The rest of them are seven episode stories. So all there's three others, there's two other stories, both seven episodes longer than this one. Um, and so they have much longer to sort of explore the story, um, which is nice. You get the romance between Sutton and, and Petra. You get, you know, a little bit more of the background, um, a little bit more chance for them to interact in these worlds. This probably goes on an episode too long, right? By the time he yeah, gets maybe back one. from the parallel world, it's like, nah, <laughs> it wasn't really <laughs> that interesting. Um, the, but the the cliffhangers when he didn't, the, or the parallel, so the parallel world element came in, um, basically the script was submitted and it was, there was no parallel world story, uh, and this he was just trying to get him to stop drilling. Yeah, it was, and it's it's a classic disaster movie story, right? And the script editor Terrence Dix looked at it and said, "This is you know interesting, but what if we you know we a we need it to be longer and maybe a little bit more interesting? And so what if we added this parallel world dimension?" And then they kind of ran with that. And I think the you know the part they were excited about with that was, "Oh, we actually can destroy the world, right? I mean, you know, we yeah. actually can blow everything up, and that that's cool." Um, and that you know that that episode six cliffhanger is very dark i mean you know the end of it is the the badly realized uh red food coloring oatmeal rolling towards the door oh, it looked, <laughs> i was gonna bad. say it, it looks like it looked like uh so yeah when they're showing the the lava going everywhere as i yeah. uh very wonderfully described it looked to me like jelly 
Um, yeah. Just like slowly rolling down. Uh, <laughs> Which clearly would be horrifying if you were going to get, you know, most up shot of jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, um, that, that, uh, it, it's very dark. Like that ending is dark. And you see all, you know, the Liz shoots the brigadier who's, you know, this much loved character. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, they have fun playing with that, obviously. Um, but also, you're also seeing a little bit too. The early Doctor Brigadier relationship is very prickly. Um, uh, you know, they're they're sort of they get along, but they're not buddy buddy. Um, only sort of softens at the end with that sort of jokey scene with the him going to you know coming back from the rubbish tip. Um, that's and, a weird. Uh, so that's funny to me that it was the end of the season because that's the end of the whole season is yeah. him ending up in garbage. Yeah, uh, that's really funny. And it's weird from the yeah, from tone wise. I mean, right? It, you know, the season was. It, we'll see. We'll we'll get to the Silurians as an episode with them, uh, and uh, uh, as one book of the Ambassadors of Death. Um, and yeah, they're very serious. These are sort of gritty, serious stories. Um, and um, and probably you know wouldn't have been able to maintain it necessarily. Like I mean, there's sort of you gotta have to soften that relationship a little bit. Um, you're seeing Bessie, the car, the yellow car comes back all the time. Uh, uh, Bessie is a is as much a character as as the companion, um, uh, and the, the old yellow car is associated with the with the third Doctor very much. Um, trivia bit: This is the last appearance of the original TARDIS console. Uh, so that prop was the same one that William Hartnell used. Um, it's clearly made of wood, as you can see yeah. from the, um, also interesting tidbit. It's, it's green. It appears green. Um, fun fact, because it, it is painted green. Uh, that's why it appears as green. Um, but, uh, apparently green showed up in black and white better as white. So whenever, for whatever reason, things that were painted green like that would, would appear bright white, um, in, in, in black and white. So, so there yeah, you go. Interesting. Yeah, sort of. I, um, um, <laughs> I wanted to note uh, I liked the use of the sonic screwdriver as essentially just a garage door opener and right? the fact yeah. that, that it amazed them. Yeah, just <laughs> sign of people. technology as <laughs> um, a garage door opener. Yeah. I also wanted to note that the scientist who turns into a ghoulie looked like Shia LaBeouf. I just wanted to mention that. It's very oh. important. Um, I think this episode, and I mentioned this with, uh, oh gosh, um, which one was it? The one where she goes into a nuclear reactor. Oh, Hand of Fear. Yeah, yeah. Hand of Fear. Um, uh, it's really helped by all the location filming because they yeah. just they get out of the sets more and it makes everything just hang together better. It makes it feel real. When he goes into the new dimension and he sees them marching around and stuff. Yeah. It just it worked really well. Um, we already mentioned the line. Uh, I I also wrote that down of I don't exist in your world. Then you yeah. won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. Perry has a number line. of uh, Perry has great lines throughout this, right? And um, and he his character really works well. And they do this throughout his time because he you know the Earthbound stories and he's sort of always squaring off against civil servants and sort of pompous people. He does really well with pompous people, right? Like you know he that the clash with Stallman where you know Stallman's like oh it's a waste of valuable time and money, and then he goes back and fixes something on the console and says oh he would have blown the lateral condenser bank and then um but my favorite is that my favorite is well i have something to tell you that would be of vital interest to you professor and he says what he says that you sir are a nitwit (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good Um, that's very pertly (laughs) i liked um when they 
when he shows them the TARDIS and they said, what did you expect? Some sort of spaceship with Batman at the controls? Right. <laughs> I think you've even referenced that line to me before. And then it's I love jarring. The f- it's weird to hear him talk about like Batman. And you're like, oh, yeah, we probably were friends with him. Like, I don't know if you should talk about <laughs> friends with him. Uh, out, like- are they did they hang out with the Harlem Globetrotters of Batman? Do they guest star at some point? <laughs> and, and Cass Elliot. <laughs> yes. And Cass Elliot. Um, the the other line that I really liked was at the end, which was not uh funny but just more pulling it together that it took me a second to get to but he says so free will is not an illusion after all like that was the conclusion of the whole thing which was very interesting but in his point being we went to this parallel parallel universe certain things were seemed to seem to almost be foregone conclusions these two people were in love with each other these people would end up in the same spot we'd still be drilling to the center of the earth but um they were able to stop it so he's saying we actually did have agency over this we're not just uh slaves to to our fate so i thought that was that was cool and i thought the animal people were adorable <laughs> yeah, they're never thought. named in they're called primords they're never oh. named in the show as primords but i think the credits call them that um also shout out to the stunts uh so the third doctor era was sort of the action era and you had these you did a lot of troops and stuff um and it was this i don't know if it was created yet at this point but they uh the stunt people created this company called havoc which was going to be sort of it was like a stunt you know contractor and they come into the stunt so throughout the third touches era the same two or three people get killed in a lot of different ways <laughs> like you see you start to recognize them as like there's certain a few of them um the one um where uh he's they're on the top of the the big uh, oil uh, gasometer i think it's called but they're on the top of the big metal thing uh and he attacks the doctor and then he falls off uh and, and falls off the yeah. side. That was real, uh, and it was uh, at the time it was the record for the highest like fall um, wow. like that. Um, it, he was supposed to fall onto some cardboard boxes, which apparently is safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and he missed slightly. Uh, and the sound you hear is actually his legs hitting the ground. He was fine, uh, oh, but actually they, they left the sound in because he really did uh, hit the ground. I forget, Derek Ware, I think might be his name. Um, but yes, uh, they did a lot of, you know, you get some of the, and you could tell they're clearly, it was the, this is the fight in the, uh, in the, in the room, um, in the drill head room where they're wearing the, the whole, uh, heat resistant thing. So it's obviously not the actors. It just says their names, <laughs> but like they're flipping <laughs> them over and stuff like that. It's like, okay, clear the stuntmen have a good time. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, a. um, definitely seen the same couple unit troops be killed in many many different ways over the course <laughs> of the next five years well a lot of good fire extinguisher work too here yeah, by our actors a lot of actors train you know dispensing and fire extinguisher work look i can relate to this i used a fire <laughs> extinguisher for the first time Ooh. about three or four weeks ago not to alarm anyone everything's mm-hmm. fine but mm-hmm. we were staying in a in a rented house and we, they encouraged us mm-hmm. to build fires but seems like the flu didn't open completely we started to get a lot of smoke in the house mm-hmm. i stepped in as i do in these situations and i just kind of took control and you're and, like kim uh, breathe in and, she, <laughs> and you're like no I, Actually, <laughs> actually the funny thing is the room was filling with smoke and she and her friend were sitting down we're like guys you should probably get out of here they're like it's fine and they, if you saw them they were just sitting below the smoke line so they're like we're fine <laughs> okay but not for long uh fire extinguishers here's my hot tip on these um they make a huge mess <laughs> <laughs> Theme, theme, to theme, 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 to theme, to theme, to theme, 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 to theme, to theme, to theme, 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 the
that's the John Philip Sousa version of the theme theme song. That's the theme song. You have to start mm -hmm. the theme section with the theme song. I never quite thought about it that way, but that's why stars and that. themes forever. Yeah, I like that. Stars and themes forever. We are adherents of the repeating themes on this mm -hmm. show. We really believe that sometimes things happen more than once in this mm -hmm. show, and we we go. stick by that. We're look, we're firm on that. We'll bend on a lot of things. Whether the doctor is really uh, even a time lord, we'll bend yeah. on that. I look, that's sort of like one of those. Well, hey, convince me. I, I'll hear yeah. all arguments, exactly. but we do think that there are themes that come up in the show. We're going to talk about a couple here with these two episodes. Uh, first off, uh, obviously. The linking theme here, these two deal with parallel worlds. Is this something that is a regular occurrence on uh, Doctor Who? It's a good question. I, I don't regular, think but... it is as much. Oh, um, well, then we don't need uh, to talk about it. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It was a terrible theme phrase. Um, occasionally, I think. I'm trying to think of other examples, but not often. Um, I mean, I don't know. What Do you, do you like them? So the interesting thing about the parallel world uh, uh, storyline, right? Is it is done in sci-fi? You know, most famously the Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror, where they did all have goatees, and uh, you know, and, and things are slightly different. And um, uh, is it's it's I think it's slightly better than the it was all a dream, right? I mean, so this this in drama, if you want to make things happen that you know, and you and you aren't constrained by the rules, or you know, you you don't want the consequences, um, uh, you know, to stick. You can sort of oh you know everybody's dead ah oh, it was all a dream ah uh, and and get away with it um, which everybody kind of always thinks is a bit of a cheat but here you can get away with it right um, uh, it, it is a way of telling a story that um, you know where the consequences can be more significant right than uh, um, uh, than normally they are right you can destroy the world um, and uh, uh, and we'll we'll get to as we go along in the new series the the number of times sort of there's a reset like where the world's destroyed and then something happens it's like oh never mind everything didn't happen um, mm. that does feel like a cheat whereas again here it's like okay yeah anything can happen you can kill these characters off or or, or you know um, or you can show the end of the world or something like that um, I mean, I don't know. Does it, do you think it's? Do you agree? Is it a better device than you, the all dream storyline, or does it? Matter? Well, I don't think you need it's all a dream. I think what you have with uh, the Doctor is time travel, so you don't end up. You, I think the other reason that you visit parallel worlds, and it's very common in comic books, um, and especially in universe-spanning comic book events. Uh, and one of the reasons is similar to the Doctor. Comic books are another thing where occasionally they have to step in every few decades and explain like, why haven't these people aged? Are we in the same? What's going on? Like, why has this this person been, you know, this 20 year old photographer, like just trying to make it. And but yet the things around him, like comics do change setting like comics that are written in the 70s or generally happen in the 1970s. Comics written in the 2010s are happening in the 2010s. So they feel like compelled to explain these people aren't aging and so occasionally they just like reset things and say like hey we're now going to look at a parallel universe where um spider-man is someone else but it's still kind of the same story so that happens a lot there um but it, and the other th reason why it happens in comics for less of that kind of resetting thing but just more to explore something different is to just get the characters to some new place that with exciting different things going on well you don't need that with the doctor because he's going to different or he can i mean he yeah. can go to new and different places so you don't need that um what i think i think so i think it was interesting how they used it here where it was just a way to explore something where you say like hey let's just explore things slightly different here um 
not and because again he sees a different world we don't need do-overs in the same way um it was just a way so i thought it was a really good device i certainly think that it was all a dream device <laughs> this is not good um i mean i'm sure it's used <laughs> oh, oh, oh hey okay i'm sure it's used effectively but to me it's such a and in fact i remember in like improv things occasionally someone would make that kind of a move or uh the related one would be like you do the several scenes and then someone would step out and be like cut cut okay that was just a movie and it's sort of like hey asshole like <laughs> that just undercuts the whole thing like um famously but, you would say that you would just be like hey asshole and just walk I probably off. i probably uh, yeah, have I mean, you did that to amy poehler which is really, I, really I probably have yeah. but but <laughs> So I think um, that that kind of a dream thing, I'm sure it's been done well, but like, it just seems like such a cop out. In fact, the best way to me that, that it was all dream thing is done is the, uh, in a silly way at the end of the Bob Newhart show as, as a joke of yes. like, what if it yes. was just all a dream? The greatest but, dream. Uh, uh, well, no, so let's be clear. Uh, it was Newhart. Because Bob Newhart did the Bob so, Newhart show, right. he did Newhart, and he did Bob. The Newhart, Newhart was all a dream, was, was a dream from the Bob, the Newhart, Bob Newhart, Newhart show. show. Yeah. Yeah. And Which still to this day, I love it whenever there's like a, a big series has a final episode. They reference comedy, it. They reference it, which yeah. is like, I'm sure most people now have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I remember that. I do remember that episode. And I remember it being a big deal. And, and like, and, and I, you know, it's, it's a storied episode, but it's not like kids today are talking about Newhart. <laughs> I mean, so they I, should be. Bob Newhart is brilliant, but. <laughs> I had to look that up. I'm glad we're talking about the Bob Newhart show yeah. and this theme about parallel worlds but <laughs> i had to look that up when it, it is they were in two parallel worlds yeah. um i had to look that up when that happened because i loved newhart but i bob newhart show wasn't i think on nick at night at that point or i didn't have nickelodeon i didn't have cable so i didn't know and he's wakes up next to suzanne Plachette, and i was like i i don't get it i want to get it i don't get it everyone seems to <laughs> like this and then later i've watched some of that well yeah i mean so i think it's a good device i'm surprised they don't i don't think it's something they would use all the time but i think as a as just a storytelling device it it was used well in both these. Um, so it, I, well, yeah, I think it works well. Spoiler, um, at the end of the season, David Tennant wakes up in bed with Suzanne Plachette, uh, which is a lot of people didn't <laughs> see coming. <laughs> really, they went for it. Um, I, I will say, too, uh, um, Davies constructs a parallel world. It's not Davies, but you know, obviously he's the architect of the season. And I'll give him credit for resisting the temptation to just reset things. Like this one actually has consequences, right? Mickey leaves. Uh, and um, and we didn't mention, but I do love the little coda at the end where she goes home, right? To Jackie, which is very sweet. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you would go home to mom. Um, uh, and it does underscore how much she cared about him because they, they have been sort of hit or miss uh, in the last few episodes about what's her reaction to him. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and Well, so like let, let's, uh, let's go to theme number two where we talk yeah. about Mickey here. Um, so uh, Mickey Smith introduced in the first episode. We see him one of the first people in the show, actually, yep. in the mm -hmm. new series, because he's uh, Rose's boyfriend. Um, as you mentioned, it kind of develops as it goes along. Rose clearly jumps at the chance to go with the doctor because she's not quite satisfied with her life there. But when she comes back, like you say, it's all over the place. But she has genuine. She has. She loves Mickey. I mean, mm -hmm. I think it's it's a it's almost like a familial love. Like it's just someone who I think they must've been dating forever. It seems like, yeah. um, and, and he kind of pops in and out. Um, he's sort of a funny character at times, but he is brave throughout at a couple different times. And then what I, to me, maybe the most interesting thing about him was he's, he's fairly brave early on. And then I really liked that he turned down the offer to go with the doctor in, yeah. in just a way that he, in, 
he at the time just said kind of i know myself and that's not yeah, me this like is this terrifying. is not yeah. for me <laughs> yeah. and i thought that was great um i think he has a great episode here so it was but as we mentioned uh he played by uh noel clark mm-hmm. uh and i wanted to mention as i was looking him up i've not seen these films but he's had uh an interesting latter not latter half of his career but later more recent career where he um wrote and directed a, a trilogy of films that got a lot of critical acclaim they're called kidulthood uh, adulthood and brotherhood it's a it's a trilogy of movies about people who grew up in uh inner west london he wrote all three and then he also directed the second two but he won a bunch of awards and apparently they're very good films so mm-hmm. um check it out um but i thought that i thought this character worked well um it makes me think they that they can't keep Rose around for much longer just because when Rose comes back, they have her mom still, but like Rose coming back and they have made Rose's story such a part of this. Um, he's part of her story. Like he he's part of her story when um, she comes back. I thought this was a great send off to a character because yeah. you see him develop, you see him come into his own, recognize that he has these skills. And then you see him now make this change from saying, uh, you know, he he's already made the choice that he said, I'm going to come with the doctor on these few adventures here. We don't know how many he's been on. I don't know if they explore that, but like in the audio stories or anything, but um, not only that, now we see him make the choice to say like, not only am I the person who comes with you, but I'm the person who's going to stay here in this world and be like a hero. And I've, so it's just a great arc for him. Um, and yeah, yeah I, 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 I just, I really enjoyed him like the actor. Um, he, brought like the the humor that he had was also done really really grounded in reality and just always enjoyed watching him br- br- always brought reality to the scenes he was in i also mentioned before that i think he and probably eccleson but also tenant would be like he and the doctor are great would be great as like a buddy cop like i wish they had a solo companion adventures because they were sort of funny with one another kind of like the doctor would always treat him as like a kid brother and uh, I thought I thought those moments were really funny, but we never got to see the just the two of them much. Yeah, there's a great they have that moment in the TARDIS where she's Rose has gone off to look for her dad or whatever. And they are back in the TARDIS trying to figure out if they can make it work. And they're kind of talking Tennant and him and they do have a good relationship. Uh, and um, uh, and I think um, um, I liked I, I almost they haven't done any audio stories with them. I suppose they could. Um, David Tennant and Billy Piper are both have done audios. So um, it certainly could happen. They could do some missing stories. Um, I, I like how Mickey, he he uh, he applies sort of movie television. You know, Mickey's watched TV and movies. Uh, and, yeah. and so like when he's on the, uh, the Madame de Pompadour spaceship, he's like, oh, a spaceship. And, and like he figures stuff out. And then he's the first one to figure out they're in a parallel world. Like he's like, and, you know, he's just like, right, oh, yeah, right. it's like, yeah, there's Zeppelins in the sky. And yeah, it's different. Uh, and, and, and also I love um, he's, you know, again, his, his as you say, his character arc, his maturity. Um, I love the scene where he's going one way to see his grandmother and Billy Piper's going and Rose is going the other way to see her father. And he's like, who are you going to follow? It's always going to be her, isn't it? Uh, and, and sort of realizing yeah. like, yes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be the tin dog here, <laughs> um, the third wheel. Um, and that's great. And yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think. But see, um, that's an interesting decision too, because he says that he recognizes he, he sort of comes to terms with it. And then in that moment in a boomtown, he fully comes to terms with it. That is like, that's it. Like you're never, yeah. I'm never going to be the choice, but he sticks around because yeah. he's kind of sees that. Okay. I'm going to be comfortable in my role here. I guess I, I get that. I'm not 
this kind of hero love of her life and i'm just not going to be i can't match up to this but i'm still going to stick around because i love her and i'm going to be what i'm going to be with her and also it is exciting to do this and i'm just going to be part of it it's just like i just think he has the interesting choices the the way he ended up being written um yeah and it does fit i mean you know you have picked up on we are setting up rose's departure here i mean i don't think it's a spoiler to say she's not in her mid-40s now (laughs) (laughs) john how are you i don't know doing okay how are you just checking in we like i like to check in on this part of the podcast how you doing i'm doing okay we're watching we're watching doctor who so yeah well we did watch doctor we did actually the podcast i watch it while we're podcasting it's on in the corner of my eye (laughs) i was gonna say i thought the podcast might be difficult because you like talking about doctor who but have to briefly stop watching it but you found a way to continue to watch it okay great when well, i close i've seen him so many times when i close my eyes i can just start replaying one i'll just be like mm, i'll just watch this one and then it just starts playing in my head you know whenever mike's like uh needs help from because <laughs> something's fallen on him Do which may sound like it happens a lot like he's always I, trapped under something <laughs> mike is always getting into mischief <laughs> Well, you know, this episode's airing. Uh, first of all, we should have said uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, oh, ye- yesterday oh. it was it was Christmas, oh, yeah. and and we're, I'm going to have to change this part of this uh, the show mm-hmm. soon because I say there are over 295 Doctor Who stories, but yeah. soon coming up. Th- there's going to be uh, a few more, but big one coming up. As of now, there are mm-hmm. uh, about 295 Doctor Who stories. We have ranked, mm, do, 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 let me tell you, 30. We've ranked 30 hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. So let's add um, Let's add two more. So, uh, okay. Well, as you do, you've given me two good ones. Hmm. Um, so I'll start with the new who first. Um, this was, I thought about it, but this is my favorite of the new who. I definitely put this. Um, Say what? I... I liked it a lot. I liked the arc. It was the it was of the big episodes. It was my favorite. I mean, I, I like the empty child too. Um, I like the story. I just liked all of it. I just ended up putting it at the top. Um, no, it's not so defensive. It's cool. I, I just liked all of it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think I just said it during the recap. But I I just enjoyed it. I liked the send off uh, to Mickey. I liked that they explored a bunch of different things. They explored Rose and her parents. They explored the technology taking over they explored the people uh, getting they just kind of explored all of it. i just really enjoyed the story i think i like that kind of, of um futuristic um you know not this isn't cyberpunk at all and that's not what i'm trying to think of um blade runner type mm-hmm. you know future stories so i like that too i love blimps i mean i love blimps. Yeah. Right. zeppelin man all the way so so that was great so that that went to the top that was my number one until i ranked our classic who episode john Ooh. oh this is i'm gonna go ahead and put inferno at the top that's my this is wow. my number one uh wow is this the first time a classic has hit one with you I feel yeah like, yeah like, because the right. other ones were All close right. but but not one yeah i just i really liked it um maybe the only seven episode one i'm gonna like this much um but you so you picked a good one to do the first seven episode because i was like hey that was worth it easy um i agree maybe could have been one episode shorter but six of the like there's definitely a lot of material there i think adding in the parallel world really um rather than thinking you you would think maybe when you got to that point and they go to the parallel world you're like oh god now it's going to take us a couple episodes just to get out of this parallel world (laughs) instead it was it was interesting it was like oh how are we going to explore this 
It's almost um, when they cut back that you're like, ah, yeah, never mind. I'm not interested in seeing this guy get in a sort of poorly realized car accident. Like, I, don't want to, I want to see them back to the parallel world. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, uh, which isn't always frequent for the classic who a good job of you feel like you're in a place with it. They set the mm-hmm. scene well with the um, well directed yeah. with the exterior shots. Um, I like I this I like this doctor and companion as I discussed mm-hmm. in Spearhead for Space. I like them. And then they I thought this one also did a good job of the background characters who always have no, I guess not always, <laughs> I should say, because of some of the ones we've watched, but they often have these they they put in layered interesting stories for background characters. They usually do that. And this one I thought it was a good job of they had those and they interacted with the plot. And then you had the secondary thing of you also had a layered story for that same set of characters in the new one. So I just really enjoyed it. And as I thought about where I was putting it, I was like, no, nah, I liked it more than this. And it just kept moving up the list. So yeah, who knows how long it will last. But for now, that is my, that's my number one. And maybe, so maybe I like action hero. I, I could do without the magician's uniform. <laughs> that's my only notes is I could do without the magician's yeah, uniform. Yeah. But. It's, it's his dandy. He gets away with it. The dandy outfit. Um, well, nice. Um, so I, I put, um, I've got Rise of the Cybermen down a little bit. Uh, I put it uh, underneath Unquiet Dead, slightly above End of the World. It was cool to see the Cybermen return. Um, it, for whatever reason, doesn't stick with me that much. Um, I don't know why. Um, I, I mean, I like, uh, as we talked about, I like all the elements of it. I like the Mickey story. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure it works as a Cyberman story or, or not the way I think of the Cyberman. Um, so that, uh, uh, and it, it, uh, it feels, it is epic. It's a big story, right? It's obviously right. the mid-season tentpole of the season, right? It's going to be the big return of the Cyberman. It's a two-parter. It's epic. You know, they kill the president, which is sort of a sign of epicness, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, and, um, uh, and all that. But yeah, it just doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't stick with me that much. And, but still a solid story and, you know, like a great, uh, you know, good special effects and other things like that. Um, and yeah, I put I put Inferno at number three, just below the Aztecs, um, uh, which I, I still just think is a great story. Um, uh, but yeah, Inferno is probably my favorite of the third Doctor stories. Uh, it's uh, and and um, it, I do I love once I get to the parallel world, it really does start to take off. I like the um, you know the playing with the different characters. I like the performances. Um, I love you know how Pert interacts with the, the authority figures. I, I think he's got some witty lines, but it's also um, I, you know I think even you know I'll give them credit. Um, uh, we didn't talk about Sergeant Benton, who's a who's a, a returning character quite a bit. This is the first time he's really appeared in in the third Doctor. Well, no, he might have been an investor, but anyway, he has not appeared too much. But he's a, John Levine. Uh, he's great. Uh, he um, he appears regularly throughout the third and into the fourth Doctors era um and you know he does the scene where he transforms into the werewolfy primordy thing um and you know it's kind of hammy but um uh you know i think everybody's totally convinced like there's conviction across the board here right nobody's not taking this story seriously um and and, you know uh olaf pulley who plays um uh stallman is he's apparently was a film star he'd been in movies oh. and, you know he was he was a fairly well-known and film and television actor and stuff he's definitely um, and watchable. So, he's watchable yeah and um shakeith gold comes back uh christopher benjamin he's in a couple other doctor who's uh and even in the new series he comes back at one point not as that character but uh christopher benjamin the, the actor um but all of them take it very seriously and they do it it's and it just makes for a very interesting gritty story and yeah for seven for seven episodes for a three and some odd minute story three hour plus story um it moves 
fast. Um, and, and that's that's impressive. We will get to some six episode stories that go on for a very long time. Uh, uh, well, look, uh, yeah. we are in a pair on a show about parallel world. We are in a parallel world in which your number one is a new who and my number yeah. one is a classic who. So it's crazy. We've overturned the apple cart. Uh, John, people can go to mindprobe.show to see they can. our rank. Do they? <laughs> increasingly more and more they do and they, they go to see our rankings they can see notes from the episodes uh john yeah. puts a lot of work into writing some notes and Minutes giving some nice contextual links yeah. to yes. things from the yes. episode because the you internet can... functions by links that's right that's I'm right informed. that's how it well, works not just links hyperlinks Ooh. um yeah. uh, we not also sure. have if you want to watch along with us we have our complete yeah. show order um and well, not complete I, this season is done yeah well, right, right. We have, we have I'm still working. I got a lot going on. There's, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying my best. But I just say you can see struggling. our complete watch order to this point, and then uh, a, a little bit ahead. Preview and, ahead. Yeah. You know, in my you know newfound little bit of knowledge about the Doctor Who internet world, uh, people are looking for watch orders. They're interested in hmm. knowing, like, how should I watch this? So, uh, how should you watch it this way? The way John just told you to watch it. Um, the way I'm trying so, to watch it. And um, and you can also see how to subscribe to our podcast, which we would love you if that? you're just oh, listening to an individual episode. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button in iTunes or or whatever your podcast player of choice is. Uh, mm-hmm. Subscribe to us. If you don't mind, uh, you could also go to the uh, podcast in uh, in Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. We would appreciate all five mm-hmm. of the stars that would be really the yeah. best um i've rated it i gave it five stars i did oh good but i don't know they probably are on to me so yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're on the run we're leaving <laughs> mike and i are leaving tonight oh yeah yeah <laughs> you don't they wanna, find us <laughs> i think uh apple podcast app fraud is is uh, a <laughs> yeah. pretty yeah. harsh federal crime you know i stand by it well actually you know what i gave it four so i wasn't I, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do it you still had to be honest <laughs> I don't, yeah 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 well, anyway, that's what's there. I'm all waiting for you and mindprobe.show. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah. so check that out. John, what do we have in store for our next episode? Well, Porter, we're going to ring in the new year. Uh, if I, my math is correct, uh, we'll be ringing in the new year with um, the next episode in the tenant years, The Idiot's Lantern, return of Mark Gatiss to, uh, to writing Doctor Who. Um, and um, a little bit of a struggle for me pairing this one. It's an interesting story. Um, but eventually I decided we'll stay in the 1950s and we'll go to a seventh Doctor story, um, the somewhat infamous Delta and the Bannerman. Mm. So, infamous that doesn't infamous. sound good to indeed. me indeed indeed <laughs> if you liked fenric you love that <laughs> and you not. didn't like <laughs> john it's about time that you learned that some problems just can't be solved by brute force and terror now mm-hmm. note that i said some problems i do still think a lot of your problems in particular are perfect for a good dose of terror um you know go to it's my arguments on the bus uh if your coffee maker is not working i would say terrorize uh brute force uh definitely definitely performance reviews at work i'm always like more brute force more terror (laughs) all right all right (laughs) we'll try (laughs) you know john once you get rid of sickness and mortality what's there to strive for this is why i'm very pro sickness and mortality and you of course remember my city council run where i had a platform of more sickness and more death and i didn't win i feel like i started a lot of good conversations 
And I killed several people too, which was, makes which us was people. Great. Suffering makes us people. Good message for the Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs>